you everyone for coming tonight. Um, before we start, let us acknowledge that Queens is situated on traditional Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee territory. We are grateful to be able to live, learn, and play on these lands. To acknowledge this territory recognizes the history and significance for Indigenous people who have lived and currently live upon it. We also recognize the enduring col colonial and systematic persecution that Indigenous people are faced with today. So welcome everyone. Um, before we begin, I'd like to quickly thank the SLC for providing the broadcast and everyone who came out on this very snowy and rainy day uh, to be here. Uh, my name is Lucas Borchenko. I'm the AMS Secretary of Internal Affairs. And today we have our AMS Executive Open Forum. Um, so we'll begin with a quick uh, note on rules of procedure. Um, if I feel at any time that you did not answer a question adequately, I may either interject or answer or ask a follow-up question. Um, all other questions are on the slides um, and will be read out. Um, additionally, you'll have three minutes to answer each question and five minutes for closing statements. So we'll start with opening remarks. Uh, each candidate will have three minutes to do an opening remark. Awesome, thank you, Lucas. Hi, everyone. My name is Jared Donotter. I use he, him pronouns, and I'm running for the position of president. Just a quick introduction. My name is Alexia Henriquez. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm the candidate for vice president of University Affairs. Uh, my name is Alexandra Smoilov. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm the candidate for the Vice President of Operations. Awesome. All right, so first off, we would like to thank you all for attending the Open Forum tonight. Uh, we understand that it's not the nicest weather outside, so thanks for putting in the extra effort to get here. Um, and we would also like to thank our peers that are watching online via the live stream. Uh, we would like to thank Lucas, Grace, and the entire elections team for ensuring that this event and this week could run as smoothly as possible. We would also like to thank the current Amos executive uh, for the months they've dedicated to the school and for inspiring us to run. Most importantly, it is important we thank and recognize every single club, student group, AMS employee, and student that we met with, met with this week and answered our consultation survey throughout the process. We'd like to thank the Queen's Journal Editorial Board for taking the time to meet with us this week. We recognize our shortcomings and have taken their opinions critically. We understand the difficulty in endorsing us without a platform. However, we have been working hard this past week to consult with over 20 groups on campus and craft a platform in which we feel confident. Criticisms are encouraged as it reminds us to strive to be the best that we can be, and Queen's students deserve the best. We are thankful to be given this opportunity, and we hope that this open forum will allow the student body to see why they can trust us to lead them the next year, and see how much we are willing to dedicate to the school. So this past month has been a huge learning opportunity for all of us as a team as well as all of us individually and we really want to just recognize our privilege and being able to even consider running for a position um, of this magnitude. We all met one way or another uh, through student engagement, specifically through Orientation Week at our school. Orientation Week is really uh, reflective of our campus community. Uh, it shows us, as well as our school, how much good a group of students can really do um, when they're dedicated and when they work together towards a common goal. Team AJA came together because we all really believe and are passionate about uh, the power of student voices as well as student engagement and how it can foster a positive change on our campus. It has been nothing short of inspiring and just amazing to be able to meet with so many passionate, dedicated individuals and hear about their visions for a better Queen's campus for all of us. We've listened to their ideas, their opinions, and their critiques and we've taken them seriously. Through attending climate rallies or policy open forums, we have seen and we have heard our peers and know that they're ready to be listened to. 
Our vision is of an alma mater society that all members can really feel connected to, whether it's through trusting the AMS to advocate on their behalf or with them for a more safe, equitable, and inclusive community, or through valuing our services and the various leadership opportunities and jobs that we offer them. If elected, oh, sorry, we hope to continue listening to our peers and continuing this dialogue throughout our term. We recognize that positive change cannot and should not occur from the work of three people. We hope to recognize and work with all 340 of the amazing student-run clubs, as well as the faculty societies that are already doing such valuable work on our campus. We hope to work with an entire team of students throughout the year to foster an environment within our society where student voices are heard with diverse representation and where we can engage with and support all students. We hope to gain your trust and your vote in this election, and we are very excited to answer all your questions tonight. Thank you. All right, so your first question, and also for as a reminder, um, if you'd like to submit a question, you can either comment on, uh, on the live stream uh, or send it to us on Twitter using the hashtag AMSVotes2020. So the first question is, when was the first time you felt at home at Queens? I can start off. All three of you can answer this one. Do we each have two minutes? Okay. Um, all right. Uh, I would have to say um, it was probably a weekend after orientation week. Uh, phys ed students and kinesiology students get to go to camp for orientation week, and uh, it's kind of, it takes you away, it gets you very close with those individuals, but then when you come back to Queens, it's uh, kind of an extra period where you have to adjust back to campus settings and try and fit in uh, with your residence floor as well as your faculty uh, and I think through orientation week and through the um, close-knit community on my floor I was able to create a rela relationship with everyone quickly after camp but it was a very unique experience in the sense that I was away for a bit. I guess I can speak next. Um, similarly to what Jared just said, uh, the first time that I really felt at home at Queens and in this new community uh, was during orientation week. Uh, specifically though, it was on the very first day when we had our um, giant rally in the ARC gym and the rector at the time, Cam Young, uh, spoke to all of us and really sort of spoke to um, the fact that each of us are coming from different places around Canada, across the province, sometimes around the globe, uh, but we're all here united as Queen's students uh, to serve one purpose, to sort of learn, live and play on these uh, on this campus and with each other. And it was just really special for me to look around and see students from all different faculties, all different places, all different lived experiences. And we're all here, a welcomed home, truly to Queens. Um, I have a little bit of a different opinion, but still connected to orientation week. I think the time that I felt truly at home was um, in my second year after I was hired to be an orientation um, coordinator. Um, that experience, I think, really taught me how to be myself and be more of my, my actual self, my actual personality, and I've met um, some of the most important people um, to me in this entire world during that experience. And I think sitting in the last semester in one of our last meetings of the year, I think that's when I truly reflected back and realized that Queens started to feel like home for me. Um, yeah, I'd say orientation week again. Um, <laughs> it's brought the three of us together, and I think it's both been something we really value and something that's brought Queens to our home. Okay, so our next question. Um, for this question, any of the three of you can choose to answer it, um, but only one person can answer it. 
So it is often said that student engagement is on a decline. However, there are currently over 325 clubs and 16,000 students engaged with the club's office. How will you ensure that these student voices are empowered and that they all know that they are part of the AMS and that the AMS wants to hear their voice? Awesome. Thank you for the question, Lucas. Uh, so student engagement is a really, is, we have three minutes again, sorry. Sorry. So student engagement is uh, very interesting on our campus in the sense that we have such strong engagement like this question says with our clubs. Um, our clubs are probably the most powerful uh, groups on our campus. They create the most change. Um, through consultations this week we've noticed that uh, it is important that we're supporting all of our clubs and that we're allowing the students on our campus to see themselves um, in those clubs, but we are seeing a lack of engagement within the uh, alma mater society as a whole. So uh, what we have noticed throughout the week is that we also need to be ensuring that our students can see themselves within these roles in our society um, and they can identify with these positions. Um, currently, uh, our executive are holding open office hours, which is absolutely amazing. Um, but one way that we plan on increasing the student engagement uh, with the society is going one step further and trying to uh, mobilize those office hours. So within our platform, we talk about it, um, but it would be more so structured like an open forum in the sense that we are making ourselves accessible to our students and we're able to sit down and talk with them and hear them actively, uh, listening to their problems, listening to what they want to see change on campus. Um, a few other opportunities that we want to uh, use to increase student engagement with the alma mater society would be an accessible AMS assembly, making sure that we are taking down physical barriers as well as technological and informational barriers, uh, what with the website, uh, making it more accessible for our students and making the marketing a bit better so that students are more aware, uh, so that they don't see AMS assembly as something that they can't interact with. Um, it's a place for all of our students to have their voice heard and we need to focus on that. Um, and another example for engagement, just increasing in general on campus would be our wellness caucus. Uh, so it's in our platform. We really would like to uh, model it similar to equity caucus, which already happens, um, but we would be using the clubs which are already so passionate on our campus to uh, come together and find a unified voice on issues that they see uh, amongst our peers and create more reports that we could bring to AMS assemblies in order to further our discussion and kind of channel these uh, voices that are so passionate about these issues on campus to um, higher powers like the university administration, uh, the Senate, and the Board of Trustees. Um, it is just, we wanted to stress the importance of student engagement with the seconds. Thank you. With the society, um, all three of us met, sorry, all three of us met through our engagement within the Alma Mater Society and um, we want to continue to form those relationships with students that are passionate. Okay, your next question is for the Vice President Operations. As Vice President Operations, your role acts as a CEO of a multi-million dollar nonprofit corporation. Rup, what responsibilities do you think come with this role and what makes you qualified to hold it? Thanks for the question. Um, I think the responsibilities within this role are solely for the students. Um, we've been saying this all week, but we are students that are for the students. Um, the budget itself 
touches the lives of every single AMS member, whether it is through our services, whether it's through the clubs, whether it's the bursaries and grants that we have available. The responsibilities um, I do not take lightly. It is a large scope budget and um, something that we will have to consult greatly with the three of us as well as our permanent staff and go through transition. I think I'm qualified to handle um, a budget this large as in the previous year I've crafted my own budget for my own commission under ASIS. Um, in the summer we've also faced the hits from the Student Choice Initiative and we've had to prepare four different budgets. So again as you talked about 30, 60 and 75 and then once the semester started back and we realized our own opt-out rates were a little lower, um, another one around 25%. So this in, my, this, in my opinion, has really prepared me to tackle any challenges that may come up, um, whether or not they be related to the Student Choice Initiative again. Additionally, um, with my budget that I oversaw as Community Outreach Commissioner, I oversaw 10 different committees, much like the services. They each had their own goals, their own ideas, um, their own kind of different needs that you would have to look at. So similar to that, um, really looking in the budget and consulting. Um, I think finally, just to kind of touch on that, um, I think additional to my own experience previously with budgeting, um, I know that I will have the support from previous exec as well as the permanent staff to make sure that I am more than well enough prepared to um, tackle any challenges and make sure that we are prioritizing the students' money and budgeting appropriately. Okay, thank you. So the next question is for the president. As AMS president, you also serve as a senator and work on numerous Senate committees. How will you ensure that other students, other student senators are organized, informed, and prepared to stand up for students in the Senate chamber? Awesome. Thank you for the question, Lucas. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, so the Student Senate is a very, very important uh, group and opportunity for students to have their voices heard um, on a higher level. And I think that uh, currently Austin, or the current AMS president is doing a very good job of making sure that everyone is on the same page and just continuing those lines of communication and ensuring that you're um, being transparent with the student body, but as well as meeting with other student senators and um, making sure that you're all on the same page, you're all representing the student's best interests and um, ensuring that uh, you're presenting yourself in a manner that is um, respectful, but also um, certain you want to be able to stand up and fight for what the students deserve. Um, and you can't let the word I'm looking for um, intimidation scare you away. Uh, so you need to remain confident in your, in your abilities and confident that your voice is one of the loudest in the room and you need to continue to use it. The next question is for the Vice President University Affairs candidate. What is the most significant town-gown relation issue students in the facing students and the AMS? How will you take on this issue as Vice President University Affairs? 
Great, thank you so much for that question. Um, I've been doing a lot of reflecting, and we've been discussing this a lot, uh, not only between ourselves, but also with uh, various students as we've been consulting. Um, I think in terms of town-gun relations, something that just is a two-part answer is just not only our relationship with the community and those who live in the city of Kingston, uh, but also in regards to the students that are living here in Kingston in student housing and uh, the university housing district. Uh, so to talk about the first part of this answer, um, I think, it is really important that Queen students recognize that uh, dependent on where you're from and if you are just coming to Kingston for your studies, uh, we really need to remain respectful and have a really positive relationship uh, with the city of Kingston, with the municipality, um, with City Hall, and also just with uh, the residents and with our neighbors that we might share uh, space with. Um, so I think that it's really important to um, utilize our connections with the city of Kingston, uh, with the mayor and with city council, as well as the uh, community, uh, the Commissioner of External Affairs uh, to ensure that these uh, relationships are really positive and really strong right from the get-go if we are elected. Um, in regards to the housing crisis in the city of Kingston, um, it's definitely a large issue that can't necessarily be tackled within one term. Um, as enrollment rates increase, we have more students on our campus and we definitely are continuing to um, increase the boundaries of the university student district. Um, we want to make sure that we are advocating for our students and ensuring that uh, they are utilizing our resources that we're providing for them, including the Housing Resource Center, uh, so that they are aware of their rights as tenants and that they're aware of um, how they can find and uh, pay for livable student housing that is affordable. Um, and additionally, we just wanna work with uh, the Ontario Undergraduate Student Alliance. USA, as a member of USA that sits on it, uh, we are able to discuss with our counterparts at other institutions uh, to work and strategize on ways to work with the provincial and municipal governments on those bylaws that might govern uh, building permits and work on um, creating livable spaces for our students and ensuring that everyone um, has those resources so they can have a space and a safe space on our campus while they're attending our school. Okay, so the next question is a general question. Um, you can choose to each answer this in a minute yourself or one person can take all three minutes. Um, so the question is, what would you say has been the current executive's biggest downfall and biggest success? Um, so just to start off this question, um, we really are thankful to have such um, an inspiring executive to currently look up to. It's definitely been um, a catalyst as to why we wanted to run for this role. Um, it is very daunting and it's been a really great learning experience for the three of us to sort of have been able to come together and uh, look to the current and previous executives to see um, the strengths and the weaknesses and what we can really learn from their experiences here. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I guess I'll start with uh, the, the downfall um, of the current executive. Uh, I think we should just I identify the student choice initiative and uh, the nature of the student choice initiative happening at the very beginning of their term. <coughs> uh, it, we consider it as taking up a lot of their valuable time and took away from efforts that they wanted to start in their platform, like increasing student engagement and um, other goals that they had. Um, I personally saw them working first firsthand at the start of the summer, and uh, I commend them on all of their efforts, uh, but it is a daunting task, and um, student engagement isn't a quick fix. Um, it takes a long time to work on it. Uh, it can't be finished in one term. Um, and a goal that they had was that they wanted an, a contested election this year, which is unfortunate that we are the only ones running again, but we will continue to work on the current executives uh, 
hopes and dreams and try and increase uh, student engagement. Um, so in recognizing that the Student Choice Initiative was in fact a pretty difficult time, I think it also showed how strong um, the executive actually were and the perseverance they had to not really feel like they were being held down by the Student Choice Initiative, but really truly follow through with the rest of their platform and still keep doing their own personal projects. Um, I think we've recognized that Empower Me is one of the greatest strengths that have come up the past um, term. So many students have seen so much value in the service and through consultations we've heard that although it's maybe not the most perfect form, um, it has helped students and students feel like they are getting the help that they do need. Um, so although there have been struggles that have been faced the past year, um, I think doing something as important as tackling mental health for all students on campus is something that we would see as an incredible strength. The next question is for the Vice President Operations candidate. As Vice President Operations, you have to manage 10 services of varying mandates and funding structures. How will you ensure that each head manager feels supported and to ensure the financial and social success of each unique service? Thank you for the question. Um, okay, I'm gonna keep kind of turning back to kind of read it. Um, again, to touch on my um, previous and I guess current experience as the Community Outreach Commissioner. Um, I do oversee 10 different committees. Um, each committee consists of two co-chairs as well as their executive team and their volunteers. Um, so on a bi-weekly basis, I meet with all the co-chairs. We kind of go over their budget, um, upcoming events, kind of supporting them through the rest of um, the weeks. I think that's something that will be easily transferable um, when we're talking about the 10 different services. I recognize they may need a little bit more support, but at the same time, um, through our consultations, we found that every single head manager has been incredibly passionate and they know their service very well. Um, regardless, um, doo -doo -doo -doo, I think being able to check in with the head managers is something that will both be beneficial in making sure that they are feeling supported. Um, I think listening is a key requirement here, being able to sit down with them, um, hear them out, give them the floor to talk. I think through my previous experience, um, instead of leading the meetings, it's always been better if the co-chairs kind of had a say and they structured it and I was more of a listening voice. Um, I think also what I've noticed to help a lot of my co-chairs is actually being present. So whether it is going to events, for example, TAPS holding a trivia night, going through and seeing the head managers and being there and being a face and present. Um, that's something that I've noticed has really helped a lot of the co-chairs. Um, I think in terms of the financial and social success of each service, um, again, that will be done through checking in with each service, making sure that the budgeting that happens over the summer um, is extremely helpful and we make sure that we sort out any issues potentially with um, finance then so that they're ready to start as soon as September rolls around. Um, I think bottom line, just realizing that each service, they have their own unique needs um, and really being able to listen and getting to know the head managers to make sure that we're not only prioritizing each need, but also really there to listen. Um, so in conclusion, um, I think the best way to make sure that our staff is feeling supported is truly just to be there as their voice and be there as a listener um, and trying my best to check in. Thank you.
Okay, the next question is on your platform. The first policy in your equity pillar discusses financial responsibility among clubs, faculty, societies, and orientation weeks. To do this, you propose quarterly budget sessions and check-ins with clubs and faculty societies. Can clubs and faculties opt out of these check-ins? The AMS currently does randomly selected audits of clubs with student fees to ensure proper use. How would these check-ins differ from current policy? Yeah, so I think when we were thinking about um, this point in our policy, it was very much as a resource and a support system for our clubs, for our societies, for our um, services. We viewed it as not necessarily a mandatory session, but more of an open forum where um, individuals could come speak about their budget, get advice. Um, we can make sure that everything is going on track. Um, speaking specifically to services, um, those kinds of budgeting questions will be kind of addressed within bi-weekly meetings, so making sure that our big services um, are operating well, as well as through the help with our permanent staff, of course. Um, so in short, the clubs and societies may choose to opt out. Um, these are more of a way to address any questions or concerns that may show up, um, as well as to make sure that students are feeling comfortable. I know in my previous experience, I needed a lot of assistance um, kind of gathering up my own ideas and making sure that everything was succinct. So I think having another third-party voice has been always beneficial to me. Um, so these check-ins would differ simply because they are more made to be an open conversation, um, making sure that everything's going the right track and ensuring the success of each of our clubs and societies. Yeah, and then just to speak a little bit more on um, a certain aspect of the faculty society's point of this, um, uh, through my experience working currently in the AMS, um, as the Campus Activities Commissioner, a part of my portfolio oversees Orientation Week and Orientation Week activities, which includes the 10 faculty and group uh, Orientation Weeks and their committees. Um, we want to ensure that all groups feel that they are uh, well prepared and really supported in producing their budgets. Some of these budgets can be really, really large um, and quite daunting if you're a student with limited budgeting experience. Uh, so we just want to ensure that um, we're checking in, that they have that support, um, that they can really rely on um, all three of the executive members and their faculty society presidents, um, and uh, just to ensure that they are budgeting safely and really using student dollars well, and that we can support them as they need it. Your next question is another platform question. The AMS Constitution states the Queen's Journal have editorial autonomy. How would you ensure that your promises made on your platform at the Queen's Journal does not infringe on their constitutional rights? All right, sorry. Um, so uh, the Queen's Journal is an amazing opportunity for our students to um, be aware of what is happening on campus. Uh, and we want to continue to allow them to function in the way that they do. Um, they hold the AMS executive accountable. They hold all the services, all the offices, all the commissions accountable with their actions. Uh, and we want to continue to allow them to be able to do that. Um, 
so we would be working closely with the Queen's Journal to ensure that uh, they are able to function in an autonomous state and that they are not held back by any of um, our policy changes. Um, to speak briefly about our platform and our service reviews where we do mention the Queen's Journal, I think a lot of our ideas are coming from a place where we would like to help support the Queen's Journal um, get their publications out there. Um, something we've heard and we've experienced is that not a lot of people are necessarily engaging with a lot of the services. Um, so our platform points are kind of ideas that we've had that may help to increase engagement and really um, show the work that's being done in the journal. Um, and we're hoping that they would be better, very beneficial ideas. Of course, we did say this in our service reviews as well, that um, our ideas are really open to the floor of the service managers of the editorial board. Um, we may propose them, but working together and having these conversations and deciding whether or not it would be appropriate, um, I think is a conversation we'd like to have. Um, the last thing we do want to do is infringe on their rights to be able to publish and run their service as they would like. Um, yeah. All right, your next question is for the Vice President University Affairs. The current AMF executive has sought out partnerships with clubs such as Queen's Backing Action on Climate Change, Students for Students, Canadian Students for Sensible Drug, Drug Policy, and Queen's Period when developing projects or advocating for students. How do you see the AMS relationship with clubs changing under your leadership? Great, thank you so much. Um, upon uh, the consultation period that we've had and just discussions as we've been creating our platform and meeting with students, uh, we definitely feel as though Clubs are one of the most important part, if not the most important part of our campus. Um, mobilizing these clubs that are already doing such fantastic work, work whether it's uh, just purely fun and engaging activities for our students, um, or if they are advocating for change and raising funds for important causes that they're really passionate about, uh, we think that it's one of the most important parts of our campus community, and it really helps create Queens um, into this warm, welcoming space that all students feel as though they can be a part of. Um, if anything, we would want to just continue the work of this year's current AMS exec and the previous exec before them on increasing the relationship with clubs, um, better supporting the club's director and their team to ensure that all clubs are aware of their rights, are aware of uh, when and how to um, make sure that they are getting what they need from us, uh, whether it's through the event sanctioning process, continuing to hear feedback from them, um, and really seeking out partnership opportunities uh, to use sort of our wider uh, sort of range and connection to the students to really push the mandate that each of these clubs wants to see and the changes that they want to see on campus. Um, and a way that we're really excited about doing this is just by sort of revitalizing the equity caucus and reinstating sort of a wellness caucus focusing on health and wellness and inviting clubs from sort of all aspects of our community, whether it's from marginalized groups or clubs that are purely here to uh, promote a holistic approach to health and getting feedback from them and working with them to create positive change on our campus. Um, and then using them and their initiatives to sort of further that partnership and further the change that we can really make on our campus. All right, the next question is a general question. The relationship between the rector and the AMS executive is an important one necessary to effective ad advocacy. How will you foster a positive relationship with one another in order, in order to effectively advocate on behalf of students? <coughs> Thank you so much for the question, Lucas. Um, yeah, so 
the rector is one of the or the highest ranked student that can advocate for our campus and the students that accompany it um, and we are very excited if elected to be able to work with Sam if also successful um, I think that we all share very similar ideologies and um, we all want to create a campus that is transparent to our students and one that they all feel uh, safe recognized and um, listened to actively um, I think that in regards to creating a positive relationship with them, uh, we would just continually um, make sure that we're communicating openly and uh, meeting regularly to uh, discuss the current issues on campus and being able to work together to um, tackle those and take on the challenges that our students need us to face for them, with them. Okay, the next question is also a platform question. Your brief platform mentioned reinstating the Deputy of Indigenous Affairs position. Although under the current executive team and social issues commissioner, a Council of Indigenous Affairs has been established. Will you, be still, will you still be instating a new Deputy of Indigenous Affairs position? How do you see yourself working with the Council and how does a new position work with the Council? Thank you for that question. Um, do you in stating the Deputy of Indigenous Affairs, the way we have kind of formulated and seen it in ourselves is as a voice for the students. So the deputy would be the person that students can go to, um, the person that students will feel comfortable speaking with. Um, we feel as if having this one recognized individual would be beneficial in students' trust. Um, to, I think the deputy as well, we kind of oversee this role as um, being a position that will also be fully advocating for our students um, who will be taking meetings with um, four directions with the Queen's Native Student Association um, they will kind of be gathering a lot of the information hearing all of the student voices and then bringing it for example to the council and having these productive conversations um, we've noticed a lot within the Social Issues Commission that it is a lot of work. It's a lot of um, emotionally draining work. It's a lot of physical work. Um, the Social Issues Commissioner is always very busy and we do want to make sure that we are touching all the important issues on campus. So this deputy position will be the person that will um, be having these conversations and reaching out to the students and making sure that we're doing the best that we can. Um, we also see this role as being someone who will work closely with the PSC and care to support the BIPOC community that we have at Queens and through promoting different events on campus. I think the main idea behind the two of them working together as a functioning body is communication um, and collaboration and really working together to build the voices. I think having more than one person to advocate for Indigenous voices isn't a bad thing. And I think the collaboration um, can really begin to make a difference on our campus. The next question is another general question. The introduction of the Student Choice Initiative have resulted in, job in student job losses, cuts to operating budgets of important, important campus and community service, and has put long-standing institu institutions such as the Queen's Journal in crisis. If the SEI returns during your term, how, what, will you, what will be your approach in advocating to the university? Awesome. Thank you, Lucas. Uh, so we believe that it is a right for students to have a say in where their fees are going. 
Um, however, we do believe that there are certain services and fees that should be mandatory in order to properly support every student on our campus. And um, so as services such as the Queen's Journal, um, they provide very valuable um, insight to our students on campus and they're able to allow our students to know what is happening on campus um, weekly, um, daily actually. Um, and we just want to stress that we need to be able to provide these services for our students. Um, also, we value like transparency is a huge part of our platform. Um, so we believe that it should be a theme across all student leadership positions, especially within the AMS. Um, we want to make sure our students have a say in where they want their money going towards in regard to experiences and services. Um, so the Student Choice Initiative has been a large learning curve for the student governments currently. Um, and it's affected everyone across the province. Uh, it's affected our campus immensely with our services and how we engage with our students and how students engage with us. So uh, just becoming more aware than ever that we are spending student dollars is important and we want to continue to work with uh, different channels like uh, the Ontario Undergraduate Student Association to uh, advocate for our students on a provincial level in order to make sure that uh, we're prioritizing our students' well-being above all else. Okay, the next question is for the president. As AMS president, you deliver speeches to the University Board of Trustee, Trustees on four separate occasions. This year, the focus has been on mental health, sustainability, consultation, and alcohol policy. What are some strategic priorities that you would like to elevate to the Board of Trustees? Awesome. Thank you, Lucas. Um, so, oddly enough, um, I we are also very passionate about looking at mental health, sustainability, um, the different alcohol policies and the sexual violence uh, response and prevention. Um, so to begin, I guess we'll talk a bit more about sustainability and how we're very passionate about that. Um, uh, so we just want to assure that we're getting um, all of the student feedback that we can before going to the Board of Trustees and understanding uh, how our students are feeling about these issues. We want to be consulting vigorously with as many students as possible and um, we hope to do that through our mobile office hours and creating these platforms for students to come um, on campus in several different locations so that there's no accessibility barriers, um, they don't have to come into the AMS offices in case they don't feel that they can identify with the AMS or that they don't feel comfortable within those offices for any reason. Uh, so collecting all the student feedback that we can before going to these board meetings and understanding how our students are feeling about these issues. Um, we'll be looking at um, looking into instating a sexual assault center on campus as well as continuing the sustainability efforts on campus that the current executive is um, doing very well, very well on. We're actually inspired by the current executive um, to be continuing the sustainability efforts. Um, and we'll also be advocating for the alcohol policy and um, that will be going into effect uh, this coming year. So we have a lot of consultation and um, discussion that we want to have with our students about that. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So we're now in our intermission. Um, and just as a reminder, 
Um, if you want to send in any questions, send them to us on the Facebook live stream or over Twitter at AMSVotes2020. Thank you everyone that submitted questions. Um, we'll start with our first audience question. Receiving critique is an everyday struggle that the AMS executive face. How do you handle criticism in your own lives and how do you think it applies to the positions you're running for? Awesome. Um, so I think for me personally, I am involved in the Physical Health Education and Kinesiology Student Association and uh, I work with two lovely girls named Olivia and Bryn, and they keep me accountable on all of our actions. They're able to, in our weekly meetings, they're able to discuss with me um, the things that I've heard about from different meetings, such as President's Caucus, and um, I'll, sometimes they'll have to keep me in check to be like, uh, just reminding me that um, they also need to understand all the details and uh, they just make sure that I'm also always sharing all the information uh, and they keep me accountable that way. Um, so from my perspective, I think it's really important when you are um, engaged in a position of student leadership to really recognize that um, it's only one part of your life and one aspect of who you are as a person. Uh, taking a role in student leadership is really important for our school to really flourish and function as it does, but it can take a toll sometimes, so really recognizing that uh, you need to focus on your academics, your mental health, and focus on um, the fact that some of your, sometimes you will fail and recognizing that you're only human and really looking objectively at the situation, relying on support from your peers, uh, any co-executives or co-workers that you work with on an everyday basis and really trying to think about objectively what the common goal is and what uh, the goal that you're trying to reach is and not letting any uh, criticisms or um, minor failures uh, sort of get you in the way of that. I think a lot of what I think kind of echoes that statement. Um, I believe criticisms are extremely important, especially in our role where we are um, kind of the three faces for 16,000 students. Um, I think the way that I deal with it is first recognizing and giving it a second, um, reading through it and having a clear mind, um, definitely not going in through and making any um, actions right away, kind of just really taking time to sit with it. I think the biggest thing that's helped me in the past with criticism is the people that I surround myself, whether it be um, the two, these lovely individuals next to me, or my friends, or even my family. Um, I think always checking in with the people in your life that really do matter um, has always helped me. And I think it also does truly ground you, especially in this position um, where, for example, my dad doesn't really understand um, what it does mean to run student government at Queen's. Um, and really having a different perspective and kind of having someone else rationally explain things has always been very helpful. 
Um, so I do believe that criticism is extremely important. Um, and I think just being able to kind of sit, recognize it, and then make an action, I think, is my top steps. And I think you just need to also, sorry, Lucas, uh, understand that uh, all criticism is coming from a place of trying to better you. So taking that all in and really considering it before you respond and act on it. In your first pillar on health and wellness, you discuss expanding the role of the bystander intervention training across campus. Specifically, you state all incoming students should complete the online modules prior to arriving on campus. How, will you, how would you ensure this happens? Awesome, thank you for the question, Lucas. Um, so we have been looking into other university initiatives um, across the province and across the country. And one in particular that stood out to us was um, McGill's online modules before uh, all students enter in their first year. They go through um, bystander intervention training online. Um, it functions in a sense that uh, there are 45 minutes total of these online modules that you take and they are made sure to be accessible and um, clearly outlining what you're learning for each um, little module video. So we would be looking into um, reaching out to them, working with them, and uh, seeing how we can implement a bystander intervention uh, protocol online for all of our incoming students. Uh, just to touch on that, so uh, speaking from our personal experiences, um, the first time that I ever completed bystander intervention training uh, was a second year orientation leader, and that training was implemented by the AMS through the orientation roundtable. Um, we think it's really vital and really important that all, all of our students on our campus are trained in bystander intervention training so that they at least have the mechanisms and the knowledge on how to um, assist and uh, actively look for uh, instances of sexual violence or harassment on our campus or off of our campus. Uh, as an executive team, uh, we really understand and recognize that sexual assault on our campus is definitely an issue and something that a lot of students are really noticing and becoming more passionate about being vocal about. Um, so we think that this would be a really great way to mitigate and be really proactive um, by ensuring that all students before they come to our campus are trained in this. and. Uh, we would really look to uh, not only see what other universities, as Jared mentioned, what their practices are and sort of the formatting that they go about that, but it would be really uh, imperative that we're working alongside the university, specifically with uh, the DSA and the Student Experience Office, um, who oversee bystander intervention training on our campus, to see if this is something that uh, could really be feasible, um, as it's something that we would really want to prioritize. Okay, the next question. Much of your sustainability pillar is built around the creation of the Office of Sustainability and the director who will oversee it. What kind of influence will this director have in implementing changes they deem necessary to overall sustainability on campus and in the AMS? So we just want to clarify that the sustainability position that we are talking about, um, we're still not sure how we're going to be able to structure it into the uh, AMS. Um, we were inspired. We were inspired to uh, create this um, sustainability position because of the uh, passion that we've seen on campus with our different clubs. Uh, for example, QBAC running the uh, campus sustainability rally um, and urging the university for divestment uh, from fossil fuels. So uh, we are looking at this position that has currently been dismantled in previous years and trying to sustainably bring one back. Um, not necessarily an office, but um, a position that 
would be able to um, work on advocating for um, the sustainable efforts on our campus to university administration, the Board of Trustees, uh, the Senate. Uh, they would be able to um, audit the internal services of the AMS and the offices and commissions. Um, and they would also be, sorry, um, and they would also be able to um, just spread awareness on our campus to students and making sure that students understand that there are these opportunities for them to get involved with more sustainable um, practices and um, join in on the movement that our campus is seeing. Um, yeah, I, we just want to continue the sustainable efforts and uh, we're not sure how it's going to fit into everything yet, but um, we're very excited to um, uh, see where it can go. Okay, the next question. Assume a, a student living with ac accessibility issues comes to the AMS with concern about accessibility of the new residence building on campus, uh, i.e. difficulty, difficulty navigate, navigating in winter. How would you advocate for that concern with the proposed building plan and make sure that student voices are heard? I'll quickly start. Um, so we want to start advocating and listening to our students now so that this is not an issue. Um, we have it in our platform to continue to uh, speak with the city and with university administration and uh, the workers that are looking into the design of this new Albert Street residence. Um, and we would hopefully not have this issue, um, but if we were to have this issue, we would uh, consult and just talk with our students. I know I keep bringing it up, but our mobile office hours, we're hoping that we can create an accessible office, uh, mobile office hours so that all students can come and talk and spread their concerns with us. Um, and then we would bring that forth to the university for the proper adjustments to make sure that this, the new residence is accessible for all. Okay, so the next question is, can you expand on the Wellness Caucus and what you hope the end result will be? Great, thank you. Um, so yeah, this idea was definitely inspired by the current Equity Caucus that is um, under the AMS right now and that's underneath the Social Issues Commission. Um, and it was really inspired based on various different consultations that we had with clubs ranging from Step Above Stigma to the Queen's um, Mental Health Initiative as well as Raise the Bar, which focuses on holistic health. Um, through these various conversations, we realized that there's so many of our 340 clubs that are currently doing really amazing and fantastic work advocating for health, whether it's sexual health, emotional health, mental health, physical health, or all of the above. Um, we think that they're doing great work already, working on fundraising for these initiatives and conducting their own surveys and being really autonomous and independent and going out um, to do that work. So we think that having one united space, a round table per se, uh, where all of these students uh, a representative from a couple of different clubs um, that are looking at these health issues on our campus can work together to discuss the issues that they're seeing, um, create initiatives and collaborate and really uh, use the AMS as a support system to sort of push real advocacy and real change on our campus. Um, we often feel as though um, 
a part of our uh, platform, we mentioned that AMS assembly right now isn't always accessible for all students, whether it's just a barrier based on sort of if they're a part of a marginalized group or if they just don't feel comfortable speaking in a space that they don't know is safe. Um, so we think that this would be a great avenue to get voices from a wide, a wide range of students across our campus um, and hope that this wellness caucus can prepare a report once a semester um, that is filled with research that they've conducted, initiatives that they've created, and some of the issues that them, their executives, and their members are facing. Um, and it could be a real great way for us to foster this change on our campus when it, um, in regards to health as a whole and just the holistic approach to health. Uh, we also hope to sort of take that information uh, that we've garnered and use it to work with student wellness services, work with the administration to really um, work on some great policy changes and actual um, resources that we can implement. Okay, your last question, uh, which won't be on the slides because it was sent in to us right at the end of the intermission, is can you tell us what the AMS Board of Directors does and how will you work with them to achieve their mission? I can also put the piece of paper in front of you if you want to read it. For sure, awesome. So um, the AMS Board of Directors works um, more so on the financial side of things and um, they are able to make all decisions um, in regards to risk as well. Um, so they hear from assembly and uh, they kind of uh, evaluate, I wanna say, evaluate what um, the students are talking about, advocating for, and they'll make decisions on whether or not um, it is able to happen in regards to the risk that it can impose to the university. Okay, and that was the last question. So now you'll have time for closing remarks. Um, you can either choose to do three minutes individually or nine minutes as a block. Okay. Uh, when asked what we found to be the best part of campaigning in the AMS election, Alex, Alexi, and I have found that we are constantly referring to, referring to the learning that takes place during the time researching, talking to the student body, hearing what different clubs need in order to succeed, and seeing how each of us has grown in the short span of a week. This shows with Sam as well, the rector candidate, as he explained how much he's learned about his specific role uh, and during his open forum yesterday. Sorry. We are so lucky to have gotten a better understanding of our peers, of ourselves, and of the AMS during these past few days, and know that the learning will not stop here. We wanted to thank everyone for coming out tonight, whether in person or through the live stream. We also want to thank the many students, coworkers, clubs, faculty societies, and student-run organizations that took the time to meet with us and join us in consultations. We cannot stress enough the value of our peers, and we recognize the hard work and dedication they put in to achieve a more welcoming, safe, and equitable, spa equitable space for us all. We've been exposed to the passion of the Queen student body and the readiness to overcome and address barriers on our campus. Student voices should never be underestimated or undervalued, and we cannot wait to continue to foster these conversations with our peers. We want to thank President Pierce, Vice President Tahanaika, and Vice President Green for the endless hours of work they dedicate to the AMS and the, and the individuals that get to call Queen's University home. All three of us have been able to watch you overcome massive hurdles during your time in office so far, what with the Student Choice Initiative, the fall term break, and many other situations that, situations that pose a threat to our student experience. Even with many curveballs thrown your way, you're, you've still pursued the dreams you have for this campus. 
Each of you and the team you represent are an amazing example of what it, me of what it means to work together to achieve a greater good, and we hope that our peers will see that reflected in the work that we hope to do. We are lucky to have a group of individuals that have strong values to look up to and strive to make the same impact you've already left on this campus. The three of us are so excited to continue to work with each and every single Queen student that has the power to make our campus a place that we can all succeed within. We have some big plans for the upcoming year if elected, including a framework for a sexual assault center on campus. It is not breaking news that sexual violence is a major issue on our campus, and it is time that our society begins to address these, uh, these proper initiatives to put in place to protect and support our students. We also realize the shift on our campus over the past four years towards a more sustainable practice, whether that be internally within the AMS services or externally with clubs organizing campus-wide rallies and pushing for divestment from fossil fuels. We've addressed this in our goal to implement a position within the AMS that will focus solely on sustainable practices, um, including auditing our services, raising awareness of sustainable efforts on campus, and advocating to the university of sustainable efforts uh, that our students are trying to do. In order to address more concerns that our students have, we are committing to holding office hours that are accessible to our students. Not every student is comfortable walking into the AMS offices due to many issues on campus. Um, whether that be not having visual representation of them in these positions or having preconceived opinions of what the AMS is. An open door policy is not enough and we're excited to use our ability to go out on campus and interact with our students regularly um, by holding open forum style office hours across campus like we've already touched on. We've stressed the importance of our clubs and the power they have in creating change on this campus and we would fully engage them in constructive dialogue through a wellness caucus which we have also touched on. This will provide clubs rep club representatives the opportunity to discuss the issues related to our students' health and wellness uh, that are present on our campus and formulate a, re a report to bring to the AMS assembly to be contemplated and further advocated to the channels that AMS allows, such as the Senate, the board, and the university administration. Team AJA is committed to upholding continuous consultation and collaboration with our peers and will prioritize keeping the student voice at the forefront of all of our decisions. We understand that the three of us cannot make decisions for an entire student body, and if elected, are very excited to hire a team of diverse, passionate, and driven students. We hope that if elected, we can use the valuable skills and experiences we have collected throughout the our time at Queen's and dedicate the next year entirely to you, our students, and to our school. Thank you once again. We're with you, and we hope you're with us too. Thank you everyone who's watching on the live stream and thank you everyone who attended here today. Um, I hope everyone has a safe walk home and if you need a walk home, you can call walk home. Um, I'd also like to remind everyone that voting days are on the 28th and the 29th. You'll get a ballot through your email um, and you can also log on at queensams.simplyvoting.com. Thank you everyone. Have a great night.
Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. The CFRC Podcast Network at podcast.cfrc.ca is brought to you by the generous support of the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences. 